0: So imagine this, you grow up with your aunt rather than your parents and go through a life of immense suffering, end up going to a treatment center and changing your life. Well, meet Michael Hildebrandt. He gets real vulnerable and raw discussing all of these topics. His opinion on not being a victim and rising above the circumstances. Ways of thinking that got him to where he is today. His biggest takeaway from going to a treatment center. And how growing up with his aunt impacted his life. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to announce that I will be relaunching the Dear Lovely Universe podcast the week of November 1st. So from November 1st through 7th, there will be an episode every single day, and I'm going to be having a giveaway on Instagram for a $50 Amazon gift card. All you have to do is rate, review, and subscribe to Dear Lovely Universe on Apple Podcasts. I will have more about this in the following weeks, but stay tuned, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Dearest Lovelies. So I'm here today with Michael Hildebrandt from the Humane Roundup podcast. So Michael is a really amazing guy. He We connected on Podcorn, and we're going to be talking about how to not be a victim of your circumstances. So let's welcome Michael to the podcast.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me today.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. So Can you tell listeners more about yourself?
1: Yeah. Sure, but I uh, do have a podcast. I'm an animal control officer by day. Um, I'm a new dad, and I'm 27.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. So let's just jump into the nitty-gritty we talked about you know how you had to go to a treatment center and stuff like that. How did you get to that point and what led to that?
1: well i I think we got a little uh, miscommunication there. It was a uh, personal development and leadership oh, okay. course that I went to <laughs> okay. um, but uh, I kind of ended up there. I wouldn't say by force but um, I had a very persuasive uh, person wanting me to go there and I uh, eventually ended up there but there I was living in Las Vegas at the time and um, a fellow military member of mine was the operations manager at the center and she I guess saw something about me or in me and thought that it would be great for me to go and she was telling me about it and I was super pumped to go and then she like dropped the bomb on me that it was like $1,200 or something crazy like that and so then instantly I was like I can't go and spend $1,200 on like some random thing that I don't know anything about and um You know, knowing what I know now, I I would have spent $5,000 on it because it's changed my life so much Um, for the better. I 100% would have um, paid any amount of money to go there. But um, we ended up raising some money and I was able to go to this personal development and leadership course. Um, The place is called uh, the Choice Center. And it is uh, in Las Vegas, and it's a uh, experiential learning type um, self-help place, I guess, would be the best way to describe it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, this episode is a lot about not being a victim of your circumstances. I'm wondering, what does that mean to you personally?
1: Well, for me personally, I um, did not like grow up the best, um, and and not even with my own parents. Uh, My dad was kind of in and out of jail or prison, and then my mom was, I don't know, I guess chasing boyfriends across the country. So I um, did grow up with my older sister, which was awesome. Um, with a aunt of mine my mom's sister and um, she's just kind of the person in the family who takes care of everyone um, whether they're an adult or a child so um, I spent many years with her um, and also some other family members Um, and so I would say that that for me um a lot of people grow up in not great situations and they let that define them for the rest of their life. And so for me, um, I now am a member of the Army National Guard. I have a great career, great job, um, a family, um, working on buying a house here pretty soon. Um, or I would by the end of next year. So I um have definitely turned a negative into a positive. And um, sometimes for whatever reason, some people uh, cannot do that or they kind of let their circumstances or let the cards that they were dealt um, define where their life gets to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's so amazing. I know you were telling me more in depth before about how, how all of that, growing up was, and it's just so incredible how you were able to build this life for yourself that is very fulfilling and not let the past determine your future. I, I truly think that it's not what happened to you, it's what you do with what you have. Yes. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, 100%. I um, feel like I am a very resilient person. Um, I have, um, through the Army, um, gotten certified as a like resiliency um, instructor or training assistant. Um, and so I did get to learn a lot of uh, tools and skills um, as they pertain to resiliency. And um, it's 100% like it, it's just a part of life that we sometimes get dealt. Um, not great cards. and like you said, it's um, how you react to um, those cards once they've been dealt with you. And um, definitely sometimes it, it takes a lot of resiliency to uh, get through some of the situations that come up in life that I'm sure it happened to most of us. so
0: yeah, I love how you use the word resilience that is such a strong, powerful thing. And I think it's not something we're we're not necessarily born with. We are in a sense, but we have to develop it. Right. And so that makes me wonder, is there any other traits or character um, aspects that you feel like are a bonus that you gained from the struggle?
1: Um, you know, I, and this may sound like a bad thing, but I feel like for me, it, it's turned into a good thing. But um, it, it's really hard for me to like, depend on people sometimes just because of some of the things that happened while I was growing up. But I feel like that's um, kind of made me a little stronger and um, what built Um, my resiliency up a little bit because I agree, like, I I don't think people are um, well, I'm going to contradict myself here in a little bit but I was going to say that I don't think people are born with uh, resiliency traits, but then I was going to also say that I think, like, I feel like it comes to me very naturally Um, and I attribute that to um, just kind of my upbringing and sometimes having to fend for myself, like even when I was growing up with my aunt, um, while she provided a roof over my head and food to eat, um, there she was gone a lot working because she was not only taking care of myself and my older sister, but she had kids of her own and obviously, all of the bills and things that come with running a household and feeding all of us and all of that good stuff. So she spent a lot of time um, at work. Um, she worked two jobs, she would get up really early in the morning and go work at um, Um, basically CPS. I think back then they called it social services or something like that and then um, she would come home sleep for a few hours and then go and work at a a nursing home at night so um, she was gone a lot and uh, we kind of raised ourselves so um, in addition to being uh, very resilient I would say that I also kind of gained some um, patience for sure and then I don't really know what this trait or skill is called, but I'm able to like remain calm in stressful situations. So,
0: yeah, you know, it's so I I love I love all of those that because it's so true. You definitely accumulate those traits from having an upbringing where you do have to depend on yourself, and it's so interesting because. I mean, a lot of the traits that you mentioned are traits that I feel like I have in common as well. Yeah. And I, the part where you say, you know, you don't get stressed out in situations that are, like you can stay calm in situations. It really puts like a good, a good place in your head so that you are more level and have much more I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this. It's it's not offensive to anyone that hasn't gone through, you know, stuff like that, but in a way it just makes you more, um, like, how do I put it? You have more capacity for stressful situations than someone Mm -hmm. who might have not. And so, well, we might have like, you know, a foot ahead of someone who hadn't, um, That doesn't mean, you know, they'll get to that place too eventually because that's just how life is.
1: Right. And I'm not necessarily um, even talking about like, like, um, I don't know, for some reason I have this weird thing where I come upon car accidents a lot. Um, And it's great in those situations also because we know in traumatic um, situations like that, sometimes people freeze and they like they don't know what to do Um, so a little bit I'm talking about that um, because a part of my job as an animal control officer I do come upon some very um, stressful situations but um, I'm more so talking about like the like daily stress of life whether it's um, bills or um, time management or cleaning or whatever Um, I don't know I'm able to stay a little more level-headed about those things and um, not kind of like overly stress about situations that I know that I can't control, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah, so that leads me to wonder, what are a few ways of thinking that has helped you get to where you are today from those difficult situations?
1: You know, I'm, um, What I was just mentioning about not being able to, um, not stressing out about situations that you can't control is, Mm -hmm. I I would say, the thing that comes up for me the most. Um, And, I mean, I, I do find myself sometimes, like, going down that path. And then I have to reel myself back in because it's easy to kind of like get caught up in the like maybe drama dealing with work or the stress of like just normal life. But um, I would say that's the thing that comes up for me the most is um, just kind of taking a step back and um Analyzing the situation and trying to determine like, is this something that I can control or is this something that's just happening and I'm not letting it control My life or my happiness or whatever, but uh, I'm not going to be stressed out about it because this is something that no matter what I do, the outcome is going to be the same. So I'm not going to stress myself out in trying to do something that's not going to change the outcome.
0: Yeah. Totally. I can, I, I totally validate that. Um, There is a saying, I don't exactly remember who it's by, but, and I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like, if you can change, like, basically can you change it, then change it. And if you can't change it, then accept it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, there's a quote by Dolly Pardon that I like, um, and it's something like, we can't adjust the wind, but we can adjust the sails. So, like, we can't control where the wind's going to blow. Like, it's going to happen regardless of what we do, but we can adjust the sails and try to guide us, ourselves, into the right direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So there is an experience in my life when I just like, I think my lowest points were in high school when I really wanted to, you know, end my life actually, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, have you ever gotten to like a really low place and how, how do you feel like that has shaped you as a person?
1: You know, I, again, just to say this again, I feel like I'm a very resilient person naturally. With that said, I would probably say that um, my lowest point having to deal with kind of like my upbringing and stuff was that like one point my I was living with my dad at the time he had gotten arrested again and was like going to jail and um, this was like for a few days like while the like court process was working itself out but I spent a few days in a boy's home um, with a bunch of random other kids that I didn't know and like At that point in time, like everything was kind of up in the air and uncertainty was high. So I would say that was my lowest point. Um, I don't quite remember how old I was. I want to say somewhere around 15 or 16. I think that's like freshman high school age. Um, And this was like during the summer before I um, started high school. So, I didn't like think about suicide or anything like that, but it was definitely um, a pretty low point in my life. and um, I don't know. again, I uh, I'm really resilient, so I, I don't think that had that much of an effect on me or not one that I am like qualified to identify I would I would say. Um, I think if I probably spoke to like a therapist or someone like that, they would probably be able to point that out to me. But um, I don't know. I'm just, Mm
0: -hmm. again,
1: naturally resilient and I can have things happen to me. I deal with them and then I keep it moving.
0: Yeah, for someone who you think may not be as resilient, and by the way, thanks for sharing that story. Of course. For someone who might not be as naturally resilient, what advice do you have for those people, to that might help them come to a place of better resiliency?
1: Yeah, I I would say probably the best tool um, for someone that's not super resilient is uh, just to take a take a pause and like in the heat of the moment, whether it's an argument or if you're just like overly stressed and you're about to freak out or uh in those heat of the moment times just taking a pause and analyzing the situation I'm very analytical and kind of break things down um, but just analyzing the um situation and I'm not saying to just like I don't know what what i'm getting at but basically i i like truly live the like you only live once model um and i'm not saying be irresponsible and like not um take care of responsibilities or bills or whatever but um i like to like look at situations and say like is this really worth my energy is this worth my happiness is this worth whatever i might lose out on by Um, feeding into the stress or this drama or whatever the uh, issue is that I'm being presented with so I would say that would be my biggest recommendation is like in the heat of the moment taking a step back analyzing it determining if it's like actually worth um, your happiness or your stress or your like whatever and then making a decision from there
0: I think that's really great advice.
1: And I, I'm not perfect. I, I've sent a email or two or a text message or two or said things that I regretted um, because I was in the heat of the moment and I totally let myself fall into that trap. But it, it's for sure something that can be worked at and perfected and I think overall will make someone happier.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think just to add to that, when someone sees themselves of a higher value, then they will be able to, like, let's say someone has low self-esteem and low self-confidence, they'll be more willing to put up with an abusive relationship. But for someone who really loves themselves, they would never allow that to happen. Right. So I think valuing your own self your time, your energy is also crucial to determining what you want to allow in your life.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I, I think that happens with a lot of people um, when they are stressed or when bad things do happen. Um, they automatically like turn on the their themselves and they're like, am I not good enough? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, I think they always... Um, turn on themselves. And I I think self-reflection is good. Um, But at the same time, um, yourself is not always the issue.
0: Yeah, no. Actually, what I'm learning more and more and more is that basically almost nothing has to do with you. Like everything that someone else does is not because of you it's entirely because of that person like given i mean you could reflect on yourself like were you abusive and stuff like that but if you if you just come out of a place of love there's just no no reason or no way that um you know this could be your fault like i think um i saw there was this lady that i follow on instagram her dad would neglect her because he had a drinking problem and so she would gr- she would grew up wondering to herself like what is wrong with me that my dad doesn't want to spend time with me but the truth is that I had nothing to do with her it was just her dad
1: yeah yeah and I am um, that is I there's a Great book that I recommend. Um, it's called The Four Agreements, and that is one of uh, the agreements: is like not to take anything personally, um, because what other people do a lot of the time doesn't have anything to do with you.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. so funny is I actually have a whole podcast episode with Sonny Owens top, breaking down the Four Agreements.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that book a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a it's an amazing book. I'll include it again in the description. So, Michael, what advice would you tell your 18 year old self?
1: Ah, that's a good one. Um, I would say that I would tell myself to be more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Be more. Bold or risky. i i I think those are the words I want to use to be more bold or risky. because um, when you and I first talked, I um, did share with you that after going to this conference, um, that's kind of like when I really started like living or finding my own voice because up until that time, I was like a very shy person and avoided people at all costs like I was very happy with just like going to school going home like studying doing my homework like I wasn't super interested in like hanging out with friends or going to parties or anything like that Um, but I think that if I were a little more outgoing and bold and like more of a risk taker obviously not an irresponsible risk taker but like Um, just putting myself out there and like um, being a part of some of the sports groups or um, some of the clubs at school, those sort of things that I would um, have been able to like have a stronger grasp and be the driver in the driver's seat of my life um, a little earlier than I was, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love that. It's so important to Be bold and be confident in yourself.
1: Yeah. And I mean, just kind of like the uh, message of your last episode, it's like, like, what are you waiting for? Like, take some action, get out there and do it because it's not going to just happen by itself.
0: Yeah, totally. I truly do believe that we are co-creators of our lives and we create our realities by our thoughts, our words and our actions.
1: 100%. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, if you really, really think about it, who's, the, who, who's in the driver's seat of your life? You know? Think, yeah. What has led you to all of these events that you've ever been through? Mm-hmm. So like, oh no, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that I was uh, very much so a people pleaser, so I was like, I was like a, I was more of like a backseat driver, like I was kind of guiding the path, but the path that I was telling the driver to go was based on what I thought other people would be happy about and not what was better for me or what made me happy, so.
0: Yeah. So us following the people pleaser route, where did that take you?
1: You know, um, not anywhere bad, but it, it didn't get me closer to where I wanted to be or closer to my goals or dreams or any of that stuff. And, uh, once I took control of that, like I've, like, I'm not rich or anything, but I've, um, accomplished some of the things that I wanted to accomplish in my life, traveled some of the places that I wanted to travel to. Um, I have a family now, a brand new son and a wife Um, and like I said by the end of next year we're hoping to um, buy a house and I think if I was still um, kind of doing my people pleaser thing that a lot of these things would not be reality for me now.
0: Yeah, totally. Was there a moment, was there a moment when you were just like, man, I need to do my own thing. Like, I don't want to listen to what people tell me anymore. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, 100%. So um, at uh, the Choice Center um, personal development course that I went to in Las Vegas, um, there was this game that we played called the red black game and we didn't know this going into the game but they told us afterwards but basically however you played this game was supposed to be a representation of like how you live your life and so the kind of object of the game was for each individual team to Vote a specific, a certain color, either red or black. And depending on what your team voted and what the other team voted, um, maybe one of the teams got points, one of the teams lost points, maybe both of the teams lost points or both got points. And so, um, spoiler alert the point of the game was for both teams to vote black and then they would have an equal score at the end of the game. And so after the game was over they talked to us about how we played the game was a representation of how we lived our life and um i was totally the person that was just kind of sitting in the back observing everything that was going on i wouldn't necessarily say that i knew what was supposed to happen uh i had an idea about what was supposed to happen but By no means did I get up and share that information with anyone. Sorry, give me one second. Um, So yeah, I didn't get up and share that information with anyone. So um, then there were the people that were arguing because they thought that they were right and knew what needed to happen. Um, There were people that just weren't interested in what was happening at all, like they weren't engaged at all. And so, like I said, um, they later talked to us, and that night, our homework was to go home and kind of think about who we were during the game and how that reflects on how we live our life. And so um, that night is when I kind of came to the realization that it was time for me to kind of take the driver's seat back and to stop being a people pleaser. Um, I didn't think a whole lot on it, um, but I did make that realization, and then <laughs> the next day is kind of when it kind of all started and took off from there um, when we went back to um, the center, we um, went into the room where we had been having our training, and there was just a stage and a microphone and a bunch of chairs set up and um, when I tell you I started sweating bullets. Um, When I realized what was going on, I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. There's no way I'm doing that. And then the other side, my little like friend sitting on my shoulder was like, you have to, like, this is going to change everything for you. Um, So I did eventually um, get up, grab the microphone, so I couldn't change my mind and I got up there and told my story and um, that from that day like there's been so many doors that have opened for me and so many great things and I attribute it all to that moment when I decided it was time to make a change.
0: Yeah and that's so incredible and I'm so happy that you had this moment.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I uh, have a whole new family now because of it. And um, if I hadn't of met them, um, then I wouldn't know my wife and I probably wouldn't be here in California. So,
0: mm-hmm. I, I really liked how you said that once you made that decision, op- it opened up opportunities how how do you feel about making decisions is that because I believe that once we make a decision like a concrete decision in our minds that's when we can start taking the next action steps forward so what do you think about that
1: yeah 100% like no like even if it's the decision of like I'm going to go and do research on this. Like, nothing happens without a, a contra- Um, Or, I mean, I guess that's not necessarily true. Like, you could not make a decision and bad things could happen. But I would say, like, most good things um, start with some sort of a decision, whether that's um, doing research or, like, I'm just going to go out and do this or... Um, whatever the the decision is um, and I think that again goes right along with your message from last episode is like you have to like make the decision one that you want to change um, and then the decision to like do what needs to happen in order to make that change happen so yeah it's very think, important for sure yeah
0: Yeah, it seems to me like a lot of people want something to happen for them, but they're not willing to take the steps to get there. And instead of, um, because see, online, people will see the success or they'll see, you know, the progress or whatever. And even though I try to share my pitfalls and whatever, you know, along the way, I'm just not the kind of person that's on social media 24-7. So it's like people don't see the failures. People mm-hmm. don't see the times when I was just like up at 1 in the morning, 3 in the morning. People don't see the times when it's like gets really hard. Yeah. 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 So it's well, like they can attribute it to luck, but it's not luck.
1: Right. And I I would say too that um our society and the TV shows that we have a little bit are to blame for that. Um just, like, because this is what I know, um, like, the animal cop show on Animal Planet, like, they'll show you, like, the scene when the officer or someone calls about some horrible situation happening with an animal, and then within the 30-minute episode, it shows maybe the um good outcome that happened with that animal or maybe the officer being able to like take that animal out of a bad situation but what they don't show is the maybe three months of work that went in between of that officer like surfing through information to like be able to get enough information to take that animal away um and i think a lot of things are like that um whether it's um building a brand or a business or whatever like it it doesn't show the start to finish um, reality of that and I think um, a lot of people yeah get that uh, false sense of like oh it's just luck or oh it's because it's how this person was raised or oh it's because they have money Um, and I think again i keep going back to your your episode your last episode um because you had a lot of really great information in there um that anything is achievable by anyone but you have to like put in the work
0: yeah well thank you so much for sharing that i i totally agree yeah yeah there's a lot that goes on behind the curtains that people might not realize but um what's important is to just do it and i also want to make the point that while i am a very um like open person i do share a lot of the struggles and the you know things i go through i just want to share with people that you don't have to also share everything with people if you don't want to like you know, you can grind, uh, work really hard in private and not have to share with people your successes and all of those things, you know, while I do think that it is a good idea to talk about, you know, your process, your journey, it could really help someone out, it's really no one's business, like, you don't have, you're not obligated to share every detail about your life, so... Yeah, I just really want to put that out there for someone in case they are a little confused on where's to stand.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. Yeah.
0: So what is your biggest takeaway from being in the training program that you went to, the leadership program?
1: mm. You know, honestly, um, I would say it it was finding my voice and, like, getting back in the driver's seat. Um, there were a lot of people there that, um, like, wanted to be better parents or better spouse or um, a better business person, those sort of things. I went there when I was fairly young. I believe I started going there when I was 18-ish. Um, So I was still fairly young and uh, didn't have a whole lot of life experiences or anything like that. So that, um, I think, 100% was um, the biggest takeaway for me. Um, And then I would say one one other thing um, that one of the instructors said um, is that when we're born, we're born with two families, the family that we're born into and the family that we choose, like, um, just because someone is not our blood relative uh, doesn't mean we can't love them like our own sister, brother, mother, whoever, so,
0: yeah, that's amazing, and yeah. I fully agree, and you know what sometimes um, sometimes the people that are our blood family don't support us as much as other people, so yeah,
1: yeah one hundred percent
0: yeah, it's also important to recognize when to to what, what kind of company that you have around
1: yeah yeah because I mean yeah if you've got bad um bad energy or negative energy all around you like eventually that is going to consume you and you're gonna be a part of it so I think for sure surrounding yourself with um the people that you um, look up to the most like the more that you surround yourself with people like at the uh, more successful you're going to be in achieving whatever it is that you're reaching for
0: definitely definitely so where can people find you online
1: um I have a uh, Instagram uh Officer Hildy is um my uh, I guess it's called the handle. I don't know. I know Twitter handles are called Twitter handles. But um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram at Officer Hildy. And that's H-I-L-D-Y. Um, same on Facebook. And like you mentioned uh, at the beginning, I do have my own podcast um, all about the animal welfare industry. Um, I don't know how uh, stimulating or exciting it would be for um Someone that's not in the, in the industry, but we do talk about a lot of um, cool things that you might not know about the um, animal industry and um, we're funny sometimes so
0: <laughs> cool. I'll definitely add those in the description and show notes. Um, do you have any final messages that you want to share with listeners?
1: I. I would just say, and these aren't even my words, but, um, a, a, sponsor of mine on my podcast, she always says own your impact. And I think, um, like those words are like great words to live by like owning, um, the impact that you're going to leave on this earth basically. So, um, like you said, last episode, taking action, uh, being in control of, uh, your destiny, your life, where it's heading, um, owning your mistakes and learning from them and keeping it moving.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So my last question is, what does the universe mean to you?
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to answer that question, honestly. (laughs) Um, I will say, I don't know, I'm a real believer in uh, karma and mother nature and that um, good people that do good things and live by good morals um, are rewarded in bad people. um, It may not be instant, but they always get what's coming to them. Yes. Is that an appropriate answer?
0: That is definitely appropriate. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, I, I just love to ask that question because I'd love to see how people respond. And however they respond, there is no right or wrong answer. I just love to see what, what how, how they will respond. So yeah, it, it's
1: a good question.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Michael.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me here today.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode with Micah Holdebrandt. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. You can visit dearlovelyuniverse.com for more blogs and podcast episodes. You can find Michael's podcast Instagram at The Humane Roundup. Most full length video recordings are posted for you to watch on YouTube if that is your preference. New episodes are posted every Friday at 12 a.m. PCT. You can find me at Dear Lovely Universe on Instagram and Facebook. Next week's episode is called Spirituality, Purpose, and Love with Stefan R. That episode is amazing and I'm really excited to share it with you. See you next week.